This week on Book Pile Banter, we discover that Amberly is the Alex in Sarah and Amberly's friendship. Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and today we are going to discuss Red, White, and Royal Blue. The plot for Red, White, and Royal Blue is that Alex, the son of the President of the United States, and Henry, a royal prince, collide into a royal wedding cake during an argument. It forces the enemies to have to fake a friendship, and in the process, a budding romance develops. But each must face difficult questions both personally and on a national level. Alex has to face his own sexuality and whether it will put his mother's re-election at risk. Henry has to face being true to himself or living up to the expectation of what it means to carry on the royal bloodline. This book is by Casey McQuinston, and it was published in 2019 by St. Martin's Griffin. It is an adult fiction, and I want to reiterate that again because I know there are some people who don't realize this. This is an adult fiction, not a young adult fiction. And it is considered a romance fiction and an LGBTQ literature. Another thing to kind of note is that the author does originally publish with the she pronouns in both of their books, but they are non-binary and use any pronouns. And so we will be switching potentially between both they and she because the author does use both those. And then another kind of key thing to keep in mind when regarding this book is that they do also identify as bisexual, which the main character, Alex, is bisexual. So on that note, Sarah, what did you think of the book? Uh, well, I really liked it. Okay. Why did you like it? Oh, man, I'm so bad at articulating why I enjoy things as opposed to disliking them. And I don't know why. Well, I don't know. Uh, I guess for me, I mean, of course, any book that has like an enemies to lovers sort of plot line, I'm going to be drawn to. It's just more interesting, first off. But also this book... I think I first read it, because um, I've read it a couple times, at least three times. The first time, though, was, I think, early on in the year 2020, possibly before the pandemic. And, and that was not a great year, you know, going on. So it was just some nice escapism, like living experiencing, I guess, a version of the United States where certain people weren't in charge, where the <laughs> world was a little bit brighter, Fair. better. <laughs> yeah, and where things went well, as opposed to just getting progressively worse. So, and I also just really like the characters. Again, though, a lot of it is the escapism <laughs> part. And then in Total Shocker, Kim has read this book. So what did you think, Kim? I actually quite liked it. I mean, I had problems with certain aspects, but it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the story itself. I thought it was a good little romance story and we could discuss the problems later, but, but overall, I really quite enjoyed reading it. It was, it was a nice little, as Sarah said, escape kind of looking at it. I read it very recently. It kind of dated because, you know, Trump was a non-existent issue in the story, which is perfectly legit because obviously when she wrote it, it wasn't an issue. Um, But I think she did kind of maybe hit a little bit of the fact that politics are really extreme in the United States, but I enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was fun to read. 
She must have written it when it was when Trump was president, though, because it came out in 2019. Yeah, that doesn't mean that's when she wrote it. That just means that's when it was published. So her Wikipedia, the influence for their book was actually after they read a memoir by Hillary Clinton about the election process facing between Hillary Clinton and Trump. So it very much was influenced by research that they had done in regards to post Hillary losing. Yeah, how they kind of basically, I think it's supposed to play out as a what had happened if there had been a female president and and maybe like the most extreme version of a female president in terms of what their family would be like, as opposed to necessarily this being like a what if it wasn't Trump, but more just like what if it was something else. So I, I think there there are heavy influences there. And now <laughs> the moment I know Sarah is dreading because I am going to give my feedback on it and and. I can see her tensing up here because she really does. I just have to like swallow back my rage. I just gotta. (laughs) So, unfortunately, I did not like this. I'm sure Sarah is kind of anticipating that. I, I had a hard time settling into the book and feeling it as an escapism. Uh, So I just and I, I could not connect to Alex. And that's a very important part of this book because it is from his perspective with his internal dialogue. So let's be clear in case anybody's listening to this who hasn't read the book. Alex is the U.S. president's son. Yes, although I hope if people are not wanting spoilers that they pause, go read it and come back. Because uh, we are going to be discussing spoilers. I'm just clarifying. <laughs> we yeah. who's who. Discuss spoilers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Alex is the president's son. And he is biracial. His father, his mother and father are no longer together. And his father is a California Senate, Californian senator. And his father is the son of, I believe it's supposed to be Mexican immigrants. I don't remember if it was actually Mexico or somewhere else. So I apologize if I got, if I get that wrong. Um, I think it was Mexico. I think it's Mexico also. That's what I thought as well. I mean, he calls himself Mexican, you know, descendant from Mexican multiple times. Okay. That's what I thought, but it's been, we got delayed a little bit in our recording. So my brain isn't quite as fresh as I would normally have it. But so I, I struggled with the book because I had a hard time connecting with Alex and how he, his, I'm going to call it sarcasm. I don't even know if it was sarcasm, but his sarcasm and brutal mannerisms just didn't jive with me. Instead, it tended to make me frustrated. Um, and then there really wasn't any other character that I could feel connection with because it was so focused on his perspective. Uh, so it just, it, it made me hard for me to find someone to latch onto. The only character that I like, I, I really jived with, and he's such a small part, is Luna, the Senator Luna. Um, that's so funny because luna didn't connect with me at all (laughs) i i think what it came down to is it was the first time in the book that i actually felt like alex was being his most natural self and the rest of it didn't feel natural to me so i liked luna because i liked that interaction i liked what that brought out in the character for a character that i was very much struggling with so yeah, I remember I remember you texting me that you liked Luna and then I didn't know who that was because again he played such a small <laughs> part. Well not a 
tiny part, but I didn't remember. And then when I remembered, when you clarified, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I, I still, like, I got to the end of it and I still liked Luna. I liked where his story started and where it ended uh because it's funny because at first i was just and and you know this amber because you and i yeah. chat during all of this yeah um it's cheating it is it is, <laughs> it is cheating and i kept telling her we need to co- stop talking about this however amber was enraged at one point about this book. okay so <laughs> take this with a grain of salt sarah put on your like desensitized shield here I read it and I got to about page 300 and I wanted to be done. I then got to about page 375 and I started crying because it was not done and I needed it to be done. <laughs> oh, that's okay. how I felt when reading the Once in Future Witches, but I felt like crying at page like 200 out of 500 and something. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so, anyway, that's that anyway. Feeling. <laughs> so, so um, now I can't remember what we were talking about. Luna, Luna. I'm assuming. Luna. Yeah. So Luna for me was such a minor part. He has Alex, he has one conversation with Luna and then Luna's kind of mentioned a little bit. And then we get to the end and there's that whole resolution of Luna was playing what a triple game or a quadruple game. I don't know. He was playing everybody in order to take out the Republicans. And I don't know, Luna felt really attacked attached on to the story to me not at a part of the story really except for Alex kind of had some connection with him that they never really kind of fleshed out I do wish that had been fleshed out more because he mentions having a crush on him and like did he mention having a crush on him Mm -hmm. like when he first saw him when he first met him he was like kind of dazzled by him Okay. He didn't really know what it was at the time, but I don't know when you look at when when you apply this to politics I don't know that that bedazzlement would necessarily translate to a sexual attraction but no he explicitly says does he yeah when he's trying to come to terms with being bisexual he's like oh that explains the crush i had on luna because he he thought it was at first just an infatuation because luna was a gay senator and one of the first out gay senators and a younger gay senator uh and also hispanic yeah right yeah and and then he and then he realized oh maybe that was actually like a legitimate attraction i'm glad like it never was anything because i don't think that i oh, would have liked that whole so, older younger that yeah yeah i'm yeah, glad that's, that's too much of an age difference <laughs> oh yeah that, that wouldn't have been that, good that in the and alex's ambition for politics i think that would have been a not only an age problem but a superior to upcoming like a power imbalance yeah yeah Yeah. power imbalance yeah i i I was i was worried that was going to be a thing when they were first having their conversation i'm like oh oh my god God, these two had an affair when he was a child i don't want this to happen um plus plus he and his dad were friends that'd be really really yes yes however i did like the fact that instead of like not so she didn't they didn't go there with Alex, but the whole turnaround, I didn't see it as playing a triple game. I saw it as Luna was pushed into a position because of what the Republican senator had done to him. And then he finally got brave enough to actually out the man for the right, abuse he, that he did to him as young ki- as a kid. I, I believe he said himself or or Alex said about him, he was playing a triple game. That was Alex's yeah, it was perspective. perspective on it. Um, but when they then 
because I think there was a point where Alex was theorizing he was playing a triple game because he couldn't figure out why he had worked for him. Then it actually comes out and he realizes, oh, he was kind of blackmailed into working with him. And then he got finally brave enough. And he, cause that's what he says to Alex is like, I got courage from you and Henry. And I decided to risk it all because I no longer wanted this man to have this power over me. Um, so I did like that. And that's why I liked Luna is, is that felt very gratifying, but he's a minor role. So I guess we should talk about other characters. <laughs> so let's talk about Alex. Cause, cause I know Amber just, Oh, did not like Alex coming from a very snarky family because we are amber a very snarky family as sarah gets to interact with us a lot and we 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 are very snarky this the trio so i i don't remember anybody's names it's been a while since i listened to it so it was alex and his sister who is june, june and then their nora. The vice president's daughter nora nora mm-hmm. granddaughter vice president's granddaughter yeah, the vice really? president is super yeah. old. Her parents are hippies that live in like Vermont or something. Oh and <laughs> she's the granddaughter. Uh, yeah, this tells, to, I listened to the audiobook, not that I didn't <laughs> read the book. So the details kind of slide through my brain sometimes. But they're set up to be very much like Instagram or TikTok kids. And so I think the snarkiness on all of that was very much written to be that sort of persona and I got to a point at first it irritated me but I got to a point of like okay I listen I watch enough TikTok videos and I listen to enough younger because I'm you know super damn old uh, enough younger people talk that it's kind of just a way to talk and I went okay I'm gonna let go of this being annoying to me and just accept it for what it is and I, I think Amber had a hard time letting go of that I I did. And honestly, it wasn't the way they were talking. It was some of the things that were said. And I think the point for me that was like, like it, it hit that moment and I could no longer like suspend disbelief. And that is when he's talking to Henry and they're texting, like they're first initially texting back and forth. He sees a picture of Henry and he texts them, are all those moles due to inbreeding? And I thought, who in the world would text the Prince of England asking about inbreeding? I don't care how much of a joke it was. I was just like, I can't find that funny. (laughs) I can't. that's the whole dynamic is that they are not friends so he's deliberately trying to provoke him and yep. so it makes a lot of sense it's like they know I the agree. royal lines have inbreeding so it makes total sense that he's like trying to get a rise out of henry i it, it was just that was my done point it, that there was a chance up until that point that maybe there was I not could a come chance around to no there was I, not a chance you didn't you thought the cake being in the same room as them was unbelievable you didn't want to enjoy okay. this book. Okay. No, you we're immediately not gonna found the- details. <laughs> no, like I, I found the author's like preliminary British knowledge frustrating. 
And but I it's was, Alex. It's being told through Alex's point yep. of view. Yeah, but I just, and we already know he doesn't like Henry, or he thinks he doesn't like Henry. Oh, except for the very beginning, he's talking about how he used to stare at his picture all the time. It was very clear he liked Henry. He just hadn't come to terms with it. I just he, exactly but, he doesn't know. So he exactly has, I, I agree with Sarah exactly. I, yeah. He is coming to terms with his own sexuality throughout this entire thing, and coming to terms with the fact that he's bisexual. Not that he's gay or that he's straight, but that he's bisexual, that he's attracted to Nora. However, they have a weird relationship, so it's never going to be. And he's attracted to other women, but he's also attracted to men. And, and he's just, he's coming to terms with that. And I thought as far as a bisexual relationship and a bisexual awareness story, it told a really good story. It Take away Alex's weird obsession with politics and Alex's um he had his straight and narrow what he thought his life was going to be and then you add this bizarreness of not bizarreness that's a horrible statement this I'm not typical in that he's not typical because he's not straight and he's not typical because he's not gay Uh, and so he's got to figure out what he is and and I think anybody who doesn't follow fall into the typical spectrum they have to come to terms with that and then apply that to their life and and i will say i'm aware of how the lgbtq plus community functions i identify as part of the lgbtq plus community and i am aware that particularly for individuals who view themselves as uh so there is sometimes problems within the community that the bisexuals pansexuals and asexuals tend to be I don't want to say bullied. Bullied is too harsh. They tend to face conflict because you have a lot of minority groups trying to work together, but they have very different views and views on how each other should function. And so because for a long time, for lesbians and gay individuals were the primary voice, they kind of dictated how the conversation was held. And so now the transgender the bisexual, asexual, pansexual, even poly are all trying to then find their narrative within that conversation and be and accepted into that and be accepted. And so there is struggle with that. And I, I can understand a legitimate struggle on can one identify as bisexual? What does it mean to other people when you identify as bisexual? And those struggles to come to terms with that. I actually it actually frustrated me a little bit when he comes to Nora to ask and she's like, well, obviously you were. I, I can't imagine I've had people come out, come to me and I, I could look at them and be like, well, yeah, of course you were, but I never once said them, well, yeah, duh. Oh, wait, sorry. You need me to, to pause a moment and give you your, your coming out moment. I legitimately looked at them and said, oh, it, it, does that feel right to you? How do you feel about that? You know, earnest interest in allowing them to navigate that conversation how many people have that experience where they have somebody who is and and i would i would argue that okay but not talking about nora because she's a unique character that i don't particularly care for but (laughs) how many people come out in whatever situation as asexual as pansexual as polyamorous as bisexual and have somebody who's like gonna do what you do and say okay but let's discuss how do you you know it's all about your feelings not about okay wait a minute 
I identify the way I identify and I don't understand your, your identity. So to judge this character based on how you would respond to them is, uh, I just couldn't connect to that conversation. Uh, that, that and that's my struggle with this book is I just I struggled to connect with how these situations were held, how these characters interacted with each other. That that honestly was my struggle, and that's my personal struggle. I know I know this book is highly popular in book talk. People love it, and I can see why you love it, Sarah. I can see why other people love it. I did not form a connection. I could not look at these situations and say, these are a reflection of what I've been. And I couldn't suspend my disbelief long enough to actually settle into the characters. That was my struggle. It, it was so, a fight for me. And so I recognize that. Is, I mean, not uh, weird, my, but like, I have the opposite thing where it's like, everyone feels more genuine because they're not saying like the perfect thing every time. They're not having perfect interactions. Like they all felt human because sometimes they're being selfish or they're saying the wrong thing, something that grates or something like that. So I don't know, for me, it was like, these characters feel more realistic. It's easier for me to bond with them. So yeah, it's just, it's kind of funny having completely opposite reactions to the same characters. It is, it is, it's funny. Uh, Cause there are aspects of it that, you know, I, I found Alex grating and I, and that's what I was going to ask you, Sarah, because I was going to ask you a question. I was wondering, did you feel like Alex redeemed himself by the end of the book? Because he was kind of irritating in the beginning. I love that, Alex, like from start <laughs> to finish. I do think he did a lot of growth and he became better, especially as a person, like by the end. But I mean, I just, I liked him from the very start. So I, also I wasn't think really was, looking for redemption from him. And he was in a position, I think, the most of all the characters to grow. And I can see where that growth was. I just, I just, I just didn't. <laughs> but we like different characters. We like totally different characters on all spectrums. Like, completely different. But I think if um, we look at this from three people reading this book... I felt he needed redemption because I felt he was a complete twat. We'll just say twat because I thought he was a, a brat. I thought he was an asshole in the beginning. It's just, it's just facts. But he did, for me, redeem himself by the end. I do and like then, asshole then, characters. <laughs> and you then do. Sarah, Sarah loved him from beginning to end, and that's wonderful. And Amber's just like, yeah, no. No, he, I didn't like him. It, it, it Snarky, point- outgoing, kind of abrasive. <laughs> Yeah. He, honestly, it, it it just came down to, at a certain point, the level of comments he was making, I could no longer dismiss. It, it, it That's really what it came down to. Because at first I was like, okay, he's frustrating, video, but I'm going to keep this up and I'm going to see. And it, it just, it finally got to the point that I was like, if I knew someone like this in life, I would be smacking them left, right, and center and being like, what the but hell, Henry why are you talking that? that? Henry was doing that. Henry never took his shit, not once. Yeah, but I still, like, I, I, this wasn't, Alex is not someone I would interact with and put up with. As much as I know Sarah is, like, connecting with Alex and, like, I'm Starkey, you, you're not to the same level. And you know me. If, if you said some of the things he said to other people, I would be like, what the hell, Sarah? We don't talk to people that way. I'm going to memorize his lines. And then at some point, when we're by people, I'm just going to start tossing them out there. Oh, you. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Can I you watch? Go- <laughs> Do I get popcorn and tickets? Because I want to watch it go down. 
I just like it, and so it just it hit a point where there were too many things that he said that I just like I'm like I would just be arguing those with this person constantly. I would be glaring at this person. I would be going, "What the fuck?" And so I just I just and I know he was an extreme, but I didn't like it. But I think so, also some the, of it's just jokes, you know. Yeah, like the moles and the inbreeding. Yes, but. I am of the belief that you shouldn't, if you shouldn't make those kinds of comments, you shouldn't make those kinds of comments jokingly. Joking comments are just as harmful. I've watched so many people have those kinds of joking comments made to them and watch it just absolutely destroy their self-esteem. So I've watched the harm that that can do to people, particularly people in the LGBTQ community. I've known them and watched them get just utterly destroyed by some of the comments that he made that I don't I don't have a tolerance right but he never made those comments to somebody who was too weak to handle it yeah he you can never say that which Henry couldn't handle it (laughs) yeah still you you, he wouldn't have said that to a complete stranger that he didn't know he wouldn't have said that in public that was all twitter and personal it was never or not twitter um, cause that would be public. text and, um, text and, and, and public. Email. So yeah, it, or not text and public. Jesus I Christ. I, I'm, <laughs> did I have a little bit more wine? <laughs> See if I can bumble this up some more. So, but it was never overt. He never said anything publicly. Cause yes, if somebody said something like that publicly, I would say, what the fuck did you just say? See, I, I view it as if you can't say that something like that to someone publicly, you should not be saying it to them in another position, in another situation. If, if you, if, if you cannot be overheard and it not be taken poorly or harm someone, then it shouldn't be said. That That's just, that's just me. I, I, I get it. it. Other people don't, that doesn't bother them. That's the standard I hold myself to. <laughs> I get that. I would, I would <laughs> argue that this character wouldn't say that in private conversation either with somebody he perceived to be unable to defend themselves. Okay. I believe he saw Henry as a strong enough individual to be able to defend himself. Okay. So let's shift gears a little bit because we're going to just keep going in circles. (laughs) Um, We all have our opinions. I don't think it's going to change and we're just going to press people (laughs) as they're listening to us. So Henry, how do we feel about Henry? Do you want to start, Sarah? I, you have the most optimistic view. I want you to you start. I want you to like gush. <laughs> I want to know why you love Henry. Uh, because he's the other personality type I like. Like the <laughs> kind of like the stoic, quiet, um, kind of like awkward or even insecure type. And also favorite dynamic is when you have the outgoing sassy one and like the more reserved one together. Our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should be concerned that somehow I'm the Alex in that friendship. <laughs> Amber, you should definitely see yourself as the Alex in this friendship. <laughs> <laughs> no. Are, are you sure you didn't feel any kind of connection? Just no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> However, we're not in a romantic relationship dynamic here. So let's make that clear to everyone. We are not in a romantic dynamic. However, we do fit that louder one, quieter one, 
dynamic because of the two of us, I ended up being the one to step forward and hold conversations and like defend you and like I, mean, I know pretty regularly. much all of my friendships are just me falling into orbit around someone who is more outgoing and more conversational to be fair it's because you are a quiet person when you are not in a podcast kind of situation <laughs> yeah why did i agree to do this <laughs> you're a good good person because it's an excuse for us to talk to each other regularly yes, now that we don't that. work together <laughs> so henry you like the fact that he's the more quiet the more reserved anything else just really liked him <laughs> okay i don't know yeah and what were your thoughts kim i liked henry i thought that it, that came across pretty clearly as i was defending alex um <laughs> i like henry he um he's very much what i perceive royals to be he's got an understanding of responsibility However, he's in a unique situation of he isn't, I keep saying typical and I, I'm, I'm, tell me a better way to say this because he's not typical um, and I don't want to be saying things that are offensive, you know, he, he falls to an end of the bell curve, you know. Um, uh, it's okay. Uh, so I guess it's a good point to kind of say, so things you can say is he's like, part of an underserved community. He is in a um, minority group. He, I mean, I know he's a royal, but but how he personally identifies is, is a minority group. You can say- But I'm, I'm understands trying to figure. the responsibilities of a royal. He's yeah. very much aware of who he is. And, and I can identify, not identify. I can understand. Uh, you can God. identify with him as a royal yourself. You can sympathize. Yeah, because I am royal. I <laughs> sympathize. Sympathize with the fact that royals have to follow very strict rules. And that's as an American. It's also as a person that's lived in Great Britain for a period of time because we did live there for four years. And I also know that the British view, the you know, the, there's a wide range of how the British view the royals and you know some hate them don't want them there think that they shouldn't have to pay taxes to them and then there's others that you know they've always had royalty and they want them and, and they want them to stay but the fact that henry acknowledges and sees that responsibility and is respectful to that responsibility but has to come to terms with his own facts that he cannot live that life because it's not true to himself I like that about him. The fact that he has to recognize eventually that living true to himself rather than living by the rules of the royalty is an important thing. Did we all read the same book? Was something missing from my copy? <laughs> you were enraged and blinded you by were, your rage. You, I I, was, Amber, you were enraged from, I was, from word I, one I, on this book. Yeah. Like and, I okay. said, you set out to dislike this book, so you just focused so, on those reasons. I didn't set out to dislike this book. I will say... I had a slight bias on it and but I will say the problem with my bias is how it was represented in social media social media because I I run our, our TikTok I am on book talk constantly and I'll be honest I have been seeing this book since last March everywhere no one once really said Alex is bisexual 
it was a male lover, male lover situation that everyone talked about. And they talked about them as if they were gay. So, so I went into this, I went into this book highly confused at first because I thought he fucking knew who he was. I would say that part was confusing as heck to me too. Because uh-huh. I'm like, he's collecting pictures of men and, and staring at them constantly. How do you not have some awareness? At some, he being Alex, yeah. how yeah. do you not have some awareness at some point that there might be an issue here? And this is this is having gay members to my family who knew at three and four yeah. and five and six or whatever that knew at a very young age. But I stepped back and said, everyone comes to their identification their own way. And so I let Alex have that. Um, but I can see your, you know, if you were exposed to this being one thing and then you came at it and it was a completely different thing, I can see that that would be a problem. Well, and, and that's the thing that, that is the, like the, the big thing that I struggled with from the very beginning. And I was trying very hard. I very much want to like the same books that other people like. I want to see what they like about it. And so it was, I, I thought I like I try very hard. <laughs> I try very, very hard. And I've actually. Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> I recommend new books Anywho. to you constantly. Who gave you murder bots, Sarah? Who said you'd love this? You hadn't even read that book. If you I read it, you it. probably wouldn't like it. You'd be like, I didn't know it was about a robot. No, <laughs> no. She would like, I've, yeah. I'm halfway through murder bots, the, the, all of the books. I'm halfway through. <laughs> she would like murder bots. She yeah, she wouldn't like murder bot. She shouldn't read murder bot. <laughs> <laughs> any book I, i'm like is is going to be one that i do not recommend for amberly regardless of its content no, no she would like murder bot <laughs> no wouldn't. okay so i i do try very hard to like what other people like and i try to look at it and see what they see i will say though and again i'm going to emphasize this i came in with a weird bias as to what i thought this was people raving about how romantic it was they were raving about you know gay lovers they were raving about you know royalty I, I had no clue that it was from specifically Alex's perspective. I had no clue Alex was bisexual and I had no clue of the level of snark to it. No one talked about that. So my awareness and expectations were very skewed and jaded and not informed. Okay, and so, so and I it, would argue it was very romantic. I thought, I thought, I thought it had a lot it had of romance. Really, yeah, a lot of really good romantic points. Once these two started working towards each other instead of, and, and the, the battle between the two of them was very early on in the book and it, and it quickly. And it quit, pa- passed quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, and I, I will actually say that confused me. <laughs> Everyone was like, this is enemy to lovers. And then like a hundred pages in they're they're full on romance. And I'm like, what, what is left for the next 300 pages? I was confused. It was another thing that worked against me. I thought I was going to be spending 300 pages of them coming to terms what they meant to each other. And, and, and that resolved pretty quickly. And I'm like, I well, don't know where I'm going. It didn't, it didn't fully resolve. <laughs> I mean, cause then they had to figure out how to live their lives with in what they discovered. Yeah. Uh, but- their attraction to each other. But I was I, confused. I was confused the entire time. I think the I writer. I mean, so was Alex. So yeah. It, well, yeah, and I think the writer kind of did a disservice with not making it omnipresent rather than what is it when it's it's one uh, person point of view. or a singular perspective. Yeah, because it was singular perspective. We didn't get to watch any of Harry's development. Henry. And, Henry. Prince Harry. Uh, I should have known I was going to screw that one up. 
because it, it, a yeah, lot of people yeah. in America don't know Prince Harry, Harry is actually his first name is actually Henry. Henry, Henry but Harry goes by Harry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, but all of that beside the point, we didn't get any of his fa- the facts that he knew all along that he was gay, but he was stuck in a in a in a dynamic that required him to pretend he wasn't. And, and, I, and I, I think that's probably I would have liked I would have liked his perspective on it too because there are yeah. a lot of people who go through life knowing all along that they are gay but acknowledge that per their requirements and whatever their life is they have to pretend they're not whether Which, it's former military you know I, now, now it's it's you know okay to be gay in the military but for a long time they had to just pretend they weren't and I will say we did get that a little bit from Alex. While Alex wasn't quite aware of what what he was, he did have to live with an expectation, and and he was concerned about you know what you know can I be as the president's son bisexual or is that a problem for my mother? Is that going to cause issues for her reelection if I am announced as bisexual? If I am shown as bisexual and be bisexual in a male to male situation as opposed to just See if you flandering around. If you function in actual politics, politics, this was resolved by the Cheney family some time ago. So yeah. I would argue that that was kind of from his. But were they bisexual? Kind of, uh, no, his daughter's gay, and okay. his his other daughter is completely anti-gay. So, or she, yeah, pres- presents as being anti-gay. We won't get into the actual politics of it all. I would say it's a superficial perspective that was written into the book that doesn't actually exist in American politics because the children don't dictate the future of any politician. Uh, However, I will, in in a weird, strange moment here, defend Alex (laughs) in that being a white woman who is identifies as a lesbian versus being a uh, Latin ex male who identifies as bisexual adds a whole other level of, of, coming out to it because of a different type of community in the, that was not addressed in the book whatsoever i, I kind of wish it was but but i will come anyway. come to the defense of of it's still a pretty unique situation to have to navigate and come to terms with and and i was i was okay with alex having to come to terms with who he was i love those books <laughs> <laughs> uh i was like i said but i came into it kind of confused because social media misrepresented it to me. I, I recognize social that. Social media I, misrepresents everything, man. They do, yes. but but I really legitimately was very much confused because it just, and, and I do, I wish the book had allowed him to have some significant, I know, I know Nora was kind of supposed to be a significant female perspective and relationship, but they were just kind of hooking up. I, I wish there could have been a counterbalance of an earlier relationship where he actually maybe, even if he wasn't talking to them, had had some kind of connection with a female or trans or somebody else um, other than identifying as male to really kind of balance out that he was bisexual. At the same time, I recognize the whole point was he was a character who was floundering around and that this author in particular likes to write like first love stories because her other book, One Last Stop, is also a first love situation. So you're so, totally discounting Liam in this entire story. No, no, I was saying not, I'm saying a non-male because I feel a non-male. Well, he also talks to his sister, but not. It's on a romantic relationship. 
Oh, I, I was see. just talking okay. about that. I would I would have liked to see him have had other significant relationships other than Henry and Liam. And that's it's not to say that bisexual because people do have at times a preference and I can recognize that his preference is potentially male though he didn't know it was male but is bisexual (laughs) um I I just like I would have liked a little bit more of that that rounding out to happen to better understand him and then Henry I was or yeah Henry I was I, I just I didn't have enough to really have a connection with Henry it's just he was there he was a partner. He was a solid, like, supportive human being to Alex. Um, I could see why Alex was attracted to him, but I didn't. I didn't feel any connection. I didn't dislike him. I just didn't feel any connection. So I thought. I thought that Nora and their relationship was written poorly. That would be my biggest critique because they made it sound like. They, the writer, made it sound like they. Um, they do they, identify. I know. As I, know. <laughs> I was. I was clarifying who I was referring to, okay. not their their identification. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just want to make sure. Yeah, I felt that the writer made it sound like they were always playing a game, that they would go into a hotel room together and then they would sit there and make moaning sounds as if they were actually having sex, and they would, you know. It, pretend at always having a sexual relationship rather than and I think it's kind of implied that early on it was a real relationship and then they discovered it wasn't working and then they started playing the games but I I think which is how I took it yeah I mean that's they literally say that in the book it's like we yeah, tried it yeah. didn't work out but we're still friends so we still you know ha- play this hang game. out and fool the tabloids and stuff because yeah. okay tabloids Sarah, are i want to know do you think nora and the sister are having a thing by the end i, I think they're having a thing but i, I mean it know. seems like kind of it's weak because it's like i've read it at least three times again and it's like each time i get a little bit more certain it's like it seems like it's she's implying june and nora are like hooking up or something but i, don't I know strongly sure. got that impression so I went to the point where I went to Amber and said, I think this was meant to be the follow-on book. I think she was going to write another book and it was going to be June and Nora getting together. So I think, I think they're polyamorous and I think the uh, best friend yeah, the other Henry, thing too. Um, but I feel like beyond being like, oh, this threesome happened. The author wasn't really willing to go there and be like, yeah, this is a thing. Go ahead. Say it, Sarah. Well, I mean, like, the story isn't about them. It's about Henry and Alex. So she wasn't going to go off on a big exploration but, of that relationship because it would just distract from what she's trying to talk, you know, the story she's trying to tell with Alex. But but you should have well-developed second secondary characters. And she hinted at it enough that, and particularly when you are talking about exploring sexuality, I would have liked it to be straight up. Like, it could have been a pass-off. Like, he could have been looked at Nora and been like, oh, so June now? And Nora could have been like, why are you assuming it's just June? And that's it. That that could have been the extent of that conversation. But that whole, why are you assuming a singular person? That defense of being polyamorous would have been nice. Like if you're going to look at bisexuality and what it means, if you're going to look at LGBTQ plus community and you're going to take the risk to talk about the parts that aren't always viewed as kindly as others, um, then, then, then take the chance to like throw the punch in and say they're polyamorous. But if but she again, had... Wouldn't you then be saying, why didn't she build more on that if she was going to throw it in there? 
Like, I don't know. I feel like if you do that, no, she threw then... it in there. I feel like she threw it in there and just like, let it drop. But I, I think she threw it in there because you got to think how writers think. And a writer is thinking about the future of these characters. And so you may write the one book, but you are going to set up things in case you're going to write the future book. And I, th- I, my perception of what I read, I think she was setting up a future book um, with these two characters and where she could draw Henry and, and Alex into the future, you know, just have them be secondary characters, but she's now going to tell the secondary character story. Whether that ever comes to pass, she's written other things since then and not gone back to it. But I, I think it's a possibility that she was like, I'm just going to set this up a little bit just in case, just in case I'm asked to write a series, just in so, case I'm, go ahead. I, I would read a June book. I would not want June and Nora together only because Nora and Alex hooked up and it really weirds me out when siblings like cross cross partners it just weirds me out i'll be honest i i would not i would wouldn't bother me oh i would i would read a june story i did like june enough that i was like i kind of wish june was more like developed and that alex had leaned on june more in all of this but but yeah i wouldn't who was the third in the polyamory thing there was a third there's Uh, pez yeah i i would read that book the three of them i would read that book the odds of me reading another book i did read one last stop i did like it better uh <laughs> um it, it has its flaws too though but yeah <laughs> would you read another book sarah would you want a june and nora story and pez I guess i i'm i would probably give it a try you'd read but it honestly, from her alex wrote, and henry content right if she wrote a sequel but it was just and i usually hate it if authors try to do this but if she wrote a sequel that was just henry's point of view of all these events i would 100 percent read that um <laughs> i think that would be a good book too i'd probably yeah. give that one a chance just i would like want to understand to henry better i would no, want just to- don't you don't want me to <laughs> I would want her to get a better handle on the British royal line. So, 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 so I brought that up intentionally. That's my argument with the book. She, she being the writer, they really didn't have a concept of how the royal line works. Amber and I spent a period of time actually <laughs> looking up. I'm trying to map out. and literally had charts on a, on a piece of paper, how it is that Henry had Harry. The title Henry, of Henry. Henry. Uh, had any. How he had the title of Prince of Wales. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we were trying to figure out. <laughs> because he doesn't. He can't. He can't carry the, the title of Prince of Wales. And I get it. It's an alternate universe and all of that BS, but it doesn't. They relied work. heavily on what's already established, though. That was that was my big thing. Was I couldn't, I couldn't dismiss reality enough to just drop completely into this alternate universe. And and it, th- there's no way to address this other than it is an alternate universe where somehow the third born in the line has some impact on the royal family in some way shape or form which there's just absolutely no way he has to carry on the royal line he's not the prince of wales um and the well, fact other that than they tiled him the prince of wales so therefore he right, has to <laughs> right but the fact that that was never explained 
Yeah. This alternate universe needed to be explained and it was never explained. And I had a problem with that. That's my only problem with the book, but I could dispense with all of that enough to, I enjoyed the characters and I enjoyed the book. I can see we're making Sarah frustrated. <laughs> are we making <laughs> you frustrated? Are you, are you regretting discussing this book with us? Well, I was regretting it like two weeks before we even did this. <laughs> are you regretting it now? Are you regretting it Less now? Or so. Okay. Less so. <laughs> are you just going, God, these two? <laughs> are you thinking Not those things two. that if you said it out loud, I would <laughs> Not you two. <laughs> me, I think me, I'm right? a good one in this problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just getting really hung up on nitty gritty here. It is. And I fully acknowledge um. that my hangups are nitty gritty details, but I would recommend this book to anybody who wanted, who asked, should I read this book? I would say, yes, yes, it's a decent book. I don't think the majority of people are going to catch up on the- They won't care. Yeah, Let's be the, honest, the they won't crap, care. And that's cool. Yeah, the crap we're, we're I mean, dwelling on, nobody else is going to care about. If you can suspend your disbelief about a female president, you should be able to dis suspend your disbelief about discrepancies in the royal lineage well, uh, oh, and okay, titles. But I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't suspend my disbelief on this female president. I um, thought she was well, a great that's... female president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't have gotten elected in this climate, but you know, she was a good character, good president. Yeah, no, I thought she was a great character. I thought she was. Okay, she was... so I can't remember, Sarah, because I, 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 I don't know if this is me like misreading something. Did she refer to herself as biracial? Because I thought at one no, point they called her no. a biracial president. I think they said she had a biracial family, but okay. never called okay. her herself biracial because okay. she was super white and she knew it. Okay. I wasn't, I thought, I thought at one point that they, they like they announced her as like being a biracial president or something. And I was like really confused because no, I, was, like, I, thought I she think was the super only white. time that term was even thrown out was it specifically as a reference to her family. Okay. Okay. Um, so can we talk about Alex's dad? Oscar? Yes. I love that character. I wish he had been more present through the entire thing. I loved him. I thought he was phenomenal. I thought when he came to Alex's defense and said, hey, dude, you just got to be you. I thought he was awesome. I, I, that's the parent I would hope I would ever be. That's um, the parent you are. I hope I the hope, patron saint of gender neutral bathrooms, as he described himself. <laughs> I don't know that I you'd be it. the patron saint of gender neutral, no. neutral bathrooms. I actually, no, I, I, I've always no, 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 wondered only, why we have separate bathrooms. I do only, not get it. <laughs> only, only in the sense that I don't think that would be the hill that you stand on. That would just be like a secondary little like bump on the way to whatever hill you actually stand on. Um, <laughs> no, I loved his dad and I, I wish he had been a, a stronger... And in the beginning, I was just like, why are we not talking about his father? I, I was like, wait a minute, there's a father in this storyline and I wanted him to be present. But then when, when he came in, he came in with a bang and he, he, was, he was fantastic as a parent. Um, I really liked him. I was indifferent. Sarah, <laughs> did you like him? I liked him. And I liked the mom too, especially when Alex was coming out to them. I mean, I did prefer the younger characters more, but I did really like the parents. Not Leo was just like space filled in empty space. I don't really know 
Well, it's so that the parents could explain why those parents aren't together. It's like, oh, she found someone else, so they can't be together. (laughs) That's really what Leo came down to. (laughs) This is the reason why not. Probably because it seemed unbelievable that a single woman would be elected president. So she they they had to give her a husband, and then he just didn't really have a role in the story, so he just puttered around in the background. A divorced woman would ever be elected president i i think yeah well that's already a stretch and yes so she yeah, had to at yeah. least give a, a second husband there or a, i mean we've got a divorced man as a president now so i guess you know we're working our way there Rogers. as i roll my eyes heavily because he's been divorced several times but whatever but yeah no i i thought i liked it when she when the mother i like it when she finally just said it's okay I'm, I'm on your side. And I wasn't sure she was going to go there. So I thought that was actually a pretty good write as far as the, the writer was, was concerned. She, she wrote the mother pretty well because you kind of questioned all throughout the book whether she was actually going to choose politics or her child. And she did ultimately pick her child. And I, did, I, I liked that moment when she finally sat him down and said, no, it's okay. You do you. The whole PowerPoint um, thing was funny. Yes. <laughs> I did laugh at that point. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that thank seems, goodness you found something funny. See, that seems like more of like a Gen Z sort of thing to do, like random PowerPoint presentations. That's very popular uh, thing to do is be like, I'm bored tonight, so everyone make a PowerPoint and you're going to argue this point. Uh, but I did find it funny. Maybe not quite for the correct generation, but I did find it funny. Like I would have like actually expected Alex to have created a PowerPoint and be like, okay, mom, I'm going to explain this to you via PowerPoint. I would have liked that a little better. Uh, but I did find it funny. <laughs> As Sarah's going, God, of course you had to find an issue with that. <laughs> right, Sarah? I'm <laughs> uh, not surprised. So Sarah, his mom's name. Sarah, I will it say this. It starts with an E. Ellen? I thought it was Elena. Ellen. Like Elena? <laughs> I think it's I Ellen. Just a moment. I'm looking. So, Sarah, I'll say this. Um, you're actually getting a pretty watered down version of Amber's. Um, Don't tell her I'm being no. nice. No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying that you're being nice. I'm saying you you came around. You're not to being it more. nice. You're... No, you came around to the story a bit <laughs> more. Nice. Um, God, you guys are terrible. Um, she doesn't hate it as much as she did when she was reading it before I was reading it. So once I was reading it and she kept coming at me. I'm just like, okay, we need to let this go, Amber. It's it's not that bad. And I think I think you thought about it more. Yes, Amber. So not that Sarah knows Ellen. this. Of, it's Ellen. Okay. Ellen Claremont. So not that Sarah knows this, because she doesn't follow our social media because she likes to be devoid of things. Uh I actually, as I was reading it, legitimately posted and on TikTok and was like, please tell me why you like this. I, I want to know why people like it because I want to understand what they like about it because I struggled with it. So you don't know this, but I did actually reach out and was like, please tell me what you like about the story. story. Tell me what interests you. I, I wanted people to tell me what they liked and try to change my view because I recognized that there was a, a, a bias on how I perceived things. It, it doesn't help that I'm an English major and like the English references frustrated me, but it's <laughs> not the point. as bad as you presented them. When I went to it, it was not as bad as you presented it. No, it's like, okay. <laughs> 
I again mean, looking for things to they, hate they were so stereotyped yeah they wrote down well okay uh one no no british person be like yeah charles dickens is a safe bet but that the, was the his, british people that would was laugh at him presented that i was know his... but he'd be laughed at if that was his safe if that if no pr person would go we need a safe option for you so it's gonna be uh charles dickinson even though uh, dickens although most british go charles dickens <laughs> okay <laughs> i i hope my british friends never listen to this <laughs> so yes there are a great number of the british people who hate charles dickens with an absolute utter passion however that doesn't mean that all british hate charles dickens um, and then his love and charles Austin. dickens Charles Dickens is iconic to the British culture. So making that part of his biography is not unheard of when it is a absolute false biography. And that's what the, the writer was yes, presenting. But then, but then, she, then they turned around and made it that his favorite is Jane Austen. Like you're somebody, Jane Austen. Jane you're somebody who's started. You love studied. Jane Austen. She is not my favorite. Not your favorite, but you like Not them. everyone has to have your favorite. <laughs> I'm not saying everyone has to have my favorite. I am saying that Jane Austen is just about the most stereotyped way to look at an English major and be like, yeah, my favorite's Jane Austen. I've never heard that as a reference or a stereotype of oh, English stereotype majors is that they love everywhere. Jane Austen. They'll love some obscure person that no one's heard of so that they can be pretentious about it. There's something pretentious about loving something obscure. You get exposure and you fall in love with it. But that will be the perception. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. You don't like Jane Austen because everyone likes Jane Austen. You know, the hipster thing to like the one no one's heard of and then no. dislike them once I'm they sorry, become popular. Jane Austen just number, seems so superficial. Considering the number of Jane Austen books that have been made into 15 versions of the, you know, the same, the movie made 15 different ways with all of the <laughs> highest paid actors on the planet does mean that Jane Austen is highly beloved especially since the majority of them are actually british films but that's not the point the point just, would be mm. one version of what he was i th i think when they went to jane austen was and this is terrible and a feminist twist and not a feminist twist but a stereotypical twist i think they were giving him more of a feminine love of the writing culture because he was well, meant to be an english major so they would why couldn't then jane shoot. austen have been his favorite on paper i i, I just it, it all it just frustrated me i just didn't i didn't get the it, point, it didn't. The, the point to me was that he didn't write his biography he didn't write the publicity that yeah, is presented I, I well yes i get that i get that he didn't right. write that part i right. just I, it didn't it didn't add anything to me i didn't like it and i i'm allowed to be picky about this i studied english i studied british literature as did i <laughs> i specifically studied british literature i chose british over american so i just I, it american just frustrates literature. me it just frustrates me so and you guys can allow me this frustration <laughs> allow me this frustration don't look yeah, at me like that sarah allow me this frustration come on sarah say it i allow you this frustration come on nope nope she loves the book and she's allowed to love the you book. say it just allow me this frustration i'm allowed to love the book amberly <laughs> I, I, I have been saying that from the second we got on 
and we're yeah. not denying your uh, your we're not denying your no i'm just saying sarah sarah has she to say i'm allowed this say, frustration she doesn't have to say it you're allowed your opinion okay there you that's go. close enough that's as far as i'm gonna get with sarah <laughs> i agree with it but you know <laughs> that's fine you don't have to agree with it i'm enjoying this because this is the first time amber's been on the complete defensive on a book it's kind of it's kind of enjoyable to listen to and what people can't see is i'm smiling through this entire yes, thing yes. i'm not not i'm not faced not mad no i'm not um there's no frustration on my end i totally get why people like it i just didn't i totally get it i get it i do are there any any other characters or plot points we need to discuss sorry was awesome i liked sarah her uh chief of staff I would have basically the one that managed the the, um, uh, Alex when he was being an idiot. She she the entire place. Yeah, she put him in his (laughs) place continually. I liked her. You, I thought you said you liked her. I mean, I really didn't like anyone in this book. (laughs) No, I like Luna to various degrees, except for Luna. I like like if that. (laughs) Oh, Raphael Luna. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he was in it so little. I know anyway, that's why she doesn't. I know. Go back him. to Zara. I liked her. I thought she was. Do you do you like the fact that she ended up with the um, British? Sean. Uh, yeah, the British. Or however you pronounce that name. Secret Service. I like the. I liked the fact they were like it's none of your fucking business whether yeah. or not we're together. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I was indifferent. Honestly, for most of the characters, I was indifferent. If it hadn't have been from Alex's point of view, so limited point of view, I probably would have liked it more. And I would have liked most more characters. Otherwise, my everybody else other than Alex, I had in, in neutrality on. I, I really, I had neutrality through most of it. it. Like, I didn't. So I picked her because you told me you liked her. So I was trying oh, to draw I know, something like, out that you liked. <laughs> I, I mean, she was sassy. It's not hopeless. I'm not hopeless, Sarah. It's not hopeless. You came into this book wanting to dislike it. Anything that happened afterwards. So, Sarah, I, if this helps, I, I came into this book thinking I would hate it. I really did. <laughs> I thought I would hate it. I regret it. I was like, oh, I agreed to read this book. Why did I agree to read this book? And then I read it and... There are aspects of it that I think could have been written better, but I'm picky about the writers, but that's, you know, any book, there's things that you can pick out. But no, I thought it was a very decent book. It's something I would recommend. So um, I did plan on hating it though. And I ended up not hating it. So I I was the exact opposite. I was aiming to like it. I tried really hard. You, you don't know, Sarah, while everyone was listening to me get frustrated at it, I was trying very hard to like it. I don't feel like that's true because like you even said that you don't like reading it male love you know no i have i have indifference to male to male lovers i i, if I don't... it's written by a male author was the thing you didn't have trust in someone who wasn't a gay male writing gay romance no that you're taking my words out of context i said i have not read enough male authors writing this perspective to be informed on whether or not females are handling it well enough I was saying that I have limited knowledge and experience. I will say 
the only exposure I really have where female writers, and again, this isn't a female writer, this is a non-binary writer, but the perspective of female writers writing male lovers to male lovers is fan fiction. And the struggle I have is they like to make one very feminine. And so I have a hard time trusting that they actually understand how that dynamic works and that they're not just planting themselves into it. But I very much recognize I have limited knowledge. That is a limitation on my part, which is why we're going to read Dante and Aristotle's Guide to the Universe, whatever discovery of the universe. It's a male author. So I will say we have a comparison. So we have that knowledge. I will say I agree with Amber 100%. I also have read a lot of fan fiction. And anybody who's in the know, I read, I read in the past a lot of supernatural fan fiction. And so I have a lot of perspective on this as far as writing male on male female writers. And they do tend to make, and this is fan fiction writers, not published authors, they tend to make one of the characters very feminine. And and where I think this book did okay with all of this is they didn't get into the physical details of the physical relationship between these two characters. And so that's where and, I was like, okay, I'm okay with this because and that, we didn't get into that. It, it, and they, that was a very the successful there, point. Yeah, the smut is there, is, it, but it was never, it would fade to black. And some people yeah. hate fade to black and some people don't. I personally prefer fade I, to black. And I respected the fact that the author probably went, I don't, while they are non-binary, they don't know the physicality of that situation in terms of two physically presenting male individuals interacting with each other. So I did actually appreciate the fact that it was not too detailed and not because I didn't want it to be detailed or I did want it to be detailed, but because I could see that the author looked at those situations and said, this is as far as I can write it with it being realistic and that anyone else could then put their assumptions about it into the moment as how they think it functions. Yes, Sarah. I did, yeah, I I always forget how much sex is in this book until I read it. And I do appreciate the fade to black and I am glad that she or they didn't go into detail there. Um, It is funny because and I've read a lot of fan fiction, too, Mm -hmm. uh, not in the same fandom universes. It's weird. Yeah, because it's like a while back. I used to avoid slash fiction because, yes, that was a problem where it was like they would super feminize one of the characters. And it was like, this is weird. And I (laughs) feel like at least in the fandoms that I have been in lately there's been a trend away from that and obviously it's still not perfect especially when they go into detail it's because I did find like a a gay man who reads a lot of fan fiction by ladies uh he wrote this like really long essay about the things that they consistently get wrong that's accepted as normal and of course I read it and so now every time if I do come across scenes like that it's kind of (laughs) ridiculous because it's like nope Nope. Now I know. So, um, yeah, so and, I, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I unequivocally, because for listeners, I want to reiterate, I recognize I don't have enough knowledge of how male writers write this to then compare a non-binary or a 
female writer than writing it. That is a limitation. It's actually something I'm working on. You don't know this, Sarah, because you don't know, I mean, you know most things I read, but you don't know everything I read, but I am actively seeking out those so I can make a fair assessment. It's not a fair assessment on my part right now. But I think, and Sarah Mm, acknowledged the same thing, I think this writer did a really good job. I did too. a non-binary or female writer of saying, I like this male on male dynamic and I love male on the male dynamic stories because it, it, it is a different perspective on interpersonal relationships, but she kind of stepped away from beyond the blow job. She stepped away from how, what happens in a physical relationships between two men. And I think it was the best success point. Uh, This unequivocally I found to be the best success point in the book. I had no problem with it. I had no problem with how detailed or how little detailed it was, how they went about it. It did not bother me. I actually, I enjoyed it. Um, not in like a, like a weird way. I actually was pleasantly surprised because I had someone's review had implied that at one point they were going to have sex. And then Alex was like going to like yell Henry, Harry out of the bed, Henry, Henry, God, now you're me doing it, Kim. Ah! Sorry, their names are interchangeable. It is a thing. I had read in a review that someone was like, yeah, and at one point Alex starts like like throwing Henry out of the bed and like a poor reaction to them having sex. What? And and I, so I was like, I was dreading that moment because I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can read that, particularly as I was struggling with it. I was like, this, this might be a, a do not finish if it hits that point. And it never did. I thought when they were in those dynamics together, just the two of them, I can see why people enjoyed the book. I can mm-hmm. see why people enjoyed these characters. I could see those moments. I, I was indifferent at those points just because I, I had struggles with other parts of it. But in terms of like their intimate moments, they were beautifully done. They were handled well. I, I can see the value in them. That, that was the best part to me in terms of successfully done. I was pleasantly surprised. So overall, it can be a good book if you're not getting into the- No, and and if you're not getting into the details that Amber and I inevitably dwell into on when it comes to writing and when it comes to books. And and it's just who we are. It's, 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 I can say how I raised Amber. I mean, my education trained me to look for those things. Right, right. So. Your education, your upbringing, <laughs> my education, your upbringing, you know, yeah. we, we de- delve more into the writer's choices and, um, and so I can see where Amber's hooked up on certain parts of this book and, and the fact that she doesn't like those parts of the book. But at yeah. the same time, and I think as a good introductory into- If no one else has read Male Lover to Male Lover, Yes, this is a solid starting point. It is a solid go-to. I just got my degree, my master's in library information sciences. And if if someone came up to me in the library and said, I kind of want this kind of story. I like enemies to lover and I want to try male lover male, but I don't know where to start. I would say to them, check out Red, White, and Royal Blue. I'm not going to say to someone, no, don't read this. I would say if you like these with the book, they want to check it out. If you're at the library and you just rip it out of their hands and throw it across <laughs> throw the it room. Like, no, 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 child. <laughs> no. And, and I, again, this is not something you see, Sarah, 
um, because you aren't on social media. When people are like, oh man, I'm reading, you know, because there's people who are like, oh man, I love this about it. And I'm like, oh, I'm really glad you liked that. Or I see people who are like, oh yeah, that's on my TBR. And I'm like, oh, I hope you enjoy it. I have no desire to ever at once be like, don't read this because I disliked it. I would say, oh yeah, give it a try. Check it out. You might love it. And like, it ended up not being quite my thing, but you might love it. What do you like? Do you like animated lovers? It has animated lovers. Do that. You like male to male lovers? Do that. I, <laughs> you, so, so I would say that that extends to you didn't hate this book. It was not an Amberly read. <laughs> that, that's really what it comes right, down to. What book was it that you read just recently that you didn't finish? Brown anyway, you don't have to say, but there was a book. There was a book you read just recently that you just absolutely did not finish. As a librarian, would you recommend that book to somebody? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I I, I didn't finish Roundbreaker. Okay, but... okay. Okay, so, that, okay, would, I'm putting it in the wrong context. Is there ever a book you wouldn't recommend to someone? It would depend on what they do and do not like. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And that's where I was trying to go is this is yeah. something you would recommend to somebody who came to you and said, one, if they said, Hey, I'm going to read red, white, and Royal blue. Would you say, yeah, okay. It's, it's an okay read. Or you might say, you know what? I had difficulties with it, but I recognize that a whole lot of people love this book. So give it a try and you that, may love it and you may hate it. That's what I do on social media. Yeah. I am, I will unequivocally, I don't know how many people who listen actually are on our social media. My aim is always to make sure people feel welcome. I think you're, because I do read all of what yeah. you post on social media. I, I do whenever your Twitter stuff comes, not Twitter, good God, TikTok. You and Twitter, man. I know. She loves everything to be Twitter. I'm, I'm fucking old. Let's just acknowledge it. Whenever it comes up in my TikTok feed, I always look at it and I always look at what people respond and, and you have good conversations back and forth with people and you're always very yeah. positive. Um, and you were positive about this book. I remember reading what you were saying about it. And yeah. um, I just didn't, I didn't want people to think because of the way Sarah and I were kind of coming at you that you were, <laughs> what do we think? Do I continue to read the books you guys read or yeah. What do you should, feel Sarah? Is, better, so, so, should, is it better when I am books? oblivious? Well, I feel like we get more engagement when you've read the books and then we get more perspective as opposed to most of the time you just kind of listen to us go back and forth and then maybe throw in a comment. So I don't know. It's kind of more fun when you do read the books. <laughs> okay, listeners, gotta, you got to reach out to us and tell us, should Kim have to read every single book? Oh, God. <laughs> I know how hard it is to read a fucking And then our series. next podcast will be like, it's just Amberly and Sarah now. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're doing Can't Andy quit. Weir next. She will. She yes. has already read it. She has I'm already read it. She so will be. excited. I'm so excited. That'll be an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, it will. Yeah. Who knows? Sarah, maybe I'll hate it and like the two of us can just gang up on her. Like, just like. But then I'll be like the more of the middle ground person because I didn't hate it. I just didn't love it. Oh, okay. Well, so, then there you go. Be that, that'll, be a, that'll be a new perspective for you. I can't promise that I will hate it. Um, but <laughs> just you're going to be middle. Find a small detail so, to obsess over right I, from the I, start and you'll I be good. I have to defend myself right now. The Martian is my favorite book on the planet. I love and The Martian. 
and okay. I love uh, this book uh, also. We're not but this is, this yeah. I haven't read it. We're not discussing that book. That's not this episode. We're going to start to wrap this up. I can't wait. So, Sarah, what is your rating on this book? Oh, or no, you know what? Let's start. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Fine. No, no, Ari. she gave it. Say it, Sarah. Yeah, five. Five. Okay. Yeah, I gave it five. I, I was trying to actually end optimistic instead of down. So I'll go next and then we'll let Kim go. Nice soft middle ground. I gave it I a can give stars. mine again. You two can. stars? I gave it two stars. Oh, wow. That's more than one. Well, I finished it. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to not finish a book to give it a one? Yes, we've already discussed this. The only books I give one stars are ones I give I DNF. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> we already had that. We had this conversation. I feel like if you don't finish a book, though, it's like zero. Oh, it's pretty no, clear no, no. that you don't like no. it, so okay. it's zero. No, no, no. Okay, so there is. This is how Amberly's brain works. I will read the first two to three chapters to figure out if I'm actually in the mood for that book. If I'm not in the mood for the book, I will bookmark it and I will come back to that spot when I am ready to start reading it. A mood check is what I call it. You can will, come back to the same spot. You don't have to start from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, good God. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. If, well, we already know that. Yeah. If I, <laughs> if I get anywhere between the first two chapters and less than 50%, I don't rate it. I just DNF it. It's it's gone. It's into the ethos. It's never to be seen um, again. Never to be commented on. If I hit fifty percent or more and have to DNF it, it gets a one star. That's that's how my DNF system works. Other than a touch of darkness, but we're not going to go there because we're not discussing that book. But that is how, and we're not discussing that book because Sarah would just loathe and despise me if i made her read that is there lots of smut in it oh it's pure smut baby <laughs> so i would just skip those parts and it would be a really fast read <laughs> amber was talking about buying you a book what what's the book i was talking about buying you ice planet barbarians and oh, black like she was gonna black parts. out all the smart smutty parts and i'm like is there gonna be anything left in the book and i said yes there would be actually shockingly there there's a lot of non-smutty like Parts. Uh, <laughs> it's sci-fi. She says it's actually pretty good. So I, like I might be yeah. giving it a shot. Yeah. But anyway, but do I, get I a rate? have also yes, you get a rate. And yes, rate eight. I'll go three and a half. Okay. Which we've never discussed my rating systems, and I've never yeah. really thought about it ever. Okay, so what rate books? What warrants a five star to you? Oh. Well, the Marsh Martian's five star. Okay, and I would what hope would be like so. A, if that's your favorite book, what would be a one? Well, okay, well, it's not her favorite book. What would be a one? Oh, I've read a lot of stuff where I've like gotten five pages. I couldn't even tell you what it is that I'm just like no. But it has more to do with. Um, I don't read um, like just garbage. Straight, no, just straight literature. I don't. Not um, meaning like the classic literature, but modern literature. I don't read a lot of it because it's like, why are we dwelling into this? Um, I can't even think of something I've, well, no, that's not true. I have piles of books in here that we got for, you know, the book club that we did. Um, that oh, just, yeah. Yeah, you and I've Allie did, even, yeah. Yeah, I've never even cracked the, the spine. It's just like, yeah. I have no interest in this. Yeah, um, but you wouldn't rate that then. You've not like engaged. If you haven't read it. Yeah. 
so okay i guess it comes down to in rating are you a generous star giver or are you a skimpy star giver like do most things fall at a three star for you and it's really hard to get to four and five are you martin or, or amber you lee me? <laughs> am Why i martin you? or amber lee i don't remember martin's rating system i i listened to martin it, was an impossible, it's a good like, book it's he gives it a three yeah if it's a good book it gets a three he is an impossible four to five star oh giver. Like, I would I think, say I'm more to that line. Okay, I'm trying so, to think of so what I've read. So 3.5 is good. Yes. That is a good book point, to you. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Mind blowing is, is like a five star for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm like glancing at all my books and I'm like going, okay, that was a five star, but I'm not going to mention it now. Um, more of it has to do with um, connections to books rather than... Yeah the writing and whatnot yeah so there we go I, okay. i'm gonna leave it at that i think I've, i was very vague and didn't say anything of, of substance other no than, we figured it out i, I okay. think this was a three and a half so we have for people just to reiterate we have i gave it a two star because i finished it kim okay. gave it a 3.5 because it's a solid book sarah skippy on five giving and she gave it a five star. So if you've previously hit with Sarah's ratings on books, that tells you where you hit with this book. Because <laughs> normally Sarah does not. I think this is the first five star you've given. I think so too. I don't Probably. Know. So it gets the badge of honor. Red, White, and Royal Blue is the first podcast five star. Because I haven't given anything a five Probably star yet. Probably the only one. Let's be real here. <laughs> We're not doing any other books that I like. I'll make sure of that. That's because you don't you don't want us tearing them apart. So it's not because yes. books will be bad. It's because you want to save your precious five stars from my judgmental gaze. <laughs> that that so, lets me okay. clear. Let's look at some classics that all of us have read. All of us have read The Hobbit. Yes. Nope. No. Well, but Sarah has. God, I know Sarah has. You haven't read The Hobbit. No, Sarah. I read Lord of the Rings, but not The Hobbit. Okay, so Lord of the Rings, the first one. How many stars? I read it when I was very young. I honestly could not read it. Okay, now. Dragon Riders of Pern. We've all Dragon read Riders Dragon Riders of Pern. Just the first trilogy, the first three. What would you give that, Mom? Kim? Oh, me? Yeah. Mm. Four and a half. Okay. Sarah. But between the three, probably four and a half. I'd probably give like a five to the first one and then like slightly lower to the other, the next two. Okay. So. I, I'd probably give it a four, um, but the white dragon, I'd probably give a five. Oh, I love the white dragon. That's yeah. so funny. I'm not Davis do, in it. I would do five, three, four in, ah. in order. Yeah, I would probably go four, three, five. Mostly because I, I can't Marita. remember what happens in the middle. There's like strife between the old people and the new people, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I didn't like the white dragon, but overall in the series. The white dragon. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about right now. <laughs> okay, so and then we've all read no, because Sarah didn't finish it. Never mind. Uh which ones? The Shannara Chronicles? Oh, I was just gonna do the Elfstone of Shannara, but you haven't finished no. it. So but no, that was a DNF for first, you. Like, okay, but it, let's look at page. the three of the, the Elfstones. No, because... Sarah hasn't read them. Right. Okay. She DNF'd okay. them. 
So well, I never even got to try those. It was like, what, the first one of... You read, yeah, you read Sword of Shannara and you gave up. So you DNF'd it. Yeah. So. Oh my God, skip Sword of Shannara. And yeah, I told that's her what that people keep telling me, but it was like... Leave me. No. The, the Elfstones and, and Sword of Shannara... Well, I also really saw part of the show. Oh, the show was wasn't like, accurate. This is again. not... No, no the show was so. not accurate, no. 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 No, that was a, that no, was a team no, no, drama. No, that was no, not. No, no, no. It was beautifully done, like beautiful scenery. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, plot wise, no. Um, no. I did like what's his name as Alanon, but we are so off track at this point. My God, people. <laughs> oh no. Okay, that was not her slapping us. We're not in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> no, I slapped them. Uh, <laughs> Sarah, what books would you recommend to people like this? Well, the books I immediately moved on to after Red, White, and World Blue, um, which are pretty, they have similarities and they're pretty good. Um, one of them is Boyfriend Material. Okay. Which is kind of like a fake dating to romance kind of thing between two dudes. It's actually written by a male author, um, Alexis Hall. So I thought it was a female author at first but it's actually a male oh i might have to check that one out i don't know if he is gay or not uh what falls under there but um it's again i think either they're both british or one of them is yeah. british and yeah both I, british. Remember. I didn't find the characters as enjoyable as alex and henry but there's still kind of similarity between that personality dynamic so it's pretty solid so yeah, fake dating, similar personality profiles. I think they both are aware of their sexuality though. So it's not really a, like with red, red, white, and royal blue, where there's a big part of it is kind of coming to terms with sexuality. I don't think that's an element. Another one that I read, which might've been recommended by Amazon, I'm not sure, uh, is called Conventionally Yours by Annabeth Albert. Yeah. And that one is like a rival's to lovers situation honestly it's been a while since i've read either of these and i don't remember it so much but i did like it i like the characters i do think i don't remember i don't know if they are aware of their sexuality or not so there could still be that as an element in there and then the third one i would recommend which is so both of those other two are like set modern real world no weird stuff. Uh, the third one would probably be Carry On by Rainbow Rowell, which is kind of like a Harry Potter parody is what it feels like at first before you realize it's actually kind of a whole developed world that is almost in some ways more interesting than what you get in Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. um, definitely an enemies to lovers kind of situation there with magic and also with at least one with one protagonist who is not necessarily aware that he is bisexual or possibly gay. I'm not quite sure if they make it clear if his feelings for females were ever really real. But yeah, so those three are ones that I'd recommend if you enjoy Red, White, Royal Blue. Okay. What about you, Kim? Do you have any recommendations? Not book-wise, because mm -hmm. I just don't read books anymore, but The Old Guard. <laughs> movie is one of the most phenomenal oh, I love the male gay lovers that I have ever seen presented in film in my life. Um, the rest of the movie is phenomenal. I watch it all the time. It's one of my favorite movies. 
but the two guys in that and the way they are portrayed is just phenomenal and and i would recommend it to anybody who wants to watch a really good male romance male and male however you want to phrase it but it is phenomenal okay so i i actually recommend one last stop if you like casey mcquinston i read that one i liked McQuiston. it better mcquiston i'm sorry it's 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 a couple of weird sounds for me I, it doesn't roll off the tongue mcquiston one last stop that is uh, a woman it is a lesbian well it's not a lesbian pairing sorry i'm i'm i did just the very thing that other people did to me it is a bisexual main character and it is her first romance with a lesbian it is a little bit easier to fall into because it is a situation where the main character is set in modern day and the love interest is trapped on a train but is from the 70s. I will, however, disclose that there is a particular sentence in the book that you have to understand the main character is naive, but she makes wrong assumptions about what it means to be Asian in the modern era. And I think that comes down to also the timing of when it was written versus recent events that have made it harder for the Asian community. Not that it was easy before, but have made it harder. Um, so that is something that if that would bother you, don't read it. If that is something that could trigger you. But again, it's coming from a naive character point. Another book that I recommend, if you like the fake dating aspect of this book or the fake kind of fake interaction aspect of this book and you like bisexual characters is honey and issues guide to fake dating it is adorable it is about two bengali girls in ireland where one character her friends don't believe she's bisexual so she acts acts ass <sighs> that's so emotional over that sorry complete I, meltdown I, in one word <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while i can't get words to come out of my mouth and you ask know, it's okay. did not want to come out and i was frustrating because i was frustrated because i was tripping over it i'm sure people have heard it i trip over words i can't help it um i'll do <laughs> no i i mentally trip it's really oh. it like it becomes like a glitch it's painful. It's very vain, very painful. It actually hurts. And that's what that was. It wasn't like anchor. I, I, it was painful for me to get that word out. So she asks the other Bengali, only other Bengali girl in her school to fake date her. So her friends will believe that she is actually bisexual. It's cute. It's younger oriented. It is uh, female and female, um, which sometimes people who like male to male don't always like female to female. And I recognize that. Um, and then the third book, because I cannot stop loving this book, is Cemetery Boys. And that is set in the Latin X community. It is magical oriented. It is written by a transgender author and the main character is transgender and falls in love it's it's uh two two males two men falling in love with each other uh but one of them is a ghost i love it i love it it made me cry it made me happy cry uh so those are the three i recommend if you're looking for similar or slightly different variants on this topic 
any other final words from anyone now that I have like struggled through that? <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't even save that. Like I can't even repair that ask. It was just, it's there. Just let it happen. <laughs> just let it happen. <laughs> yep. Okay. So next time we are discussing, because now suddenly my brain cannot remember it. Go ahead, Kim. What are we discussing? I don't remember what it's called. It's by Andy. Project Hail Mary. Project Hail Mary. (laughs) (laughs) By Andy Weir. By Andy Weir. And then after that, we will be discussing Dante and Aristotle's Discovered the Secrets of the Universe, which is a similar book to this but it is written by a male author. It is also an award-winning book. Um, I don't think we've read any other award-winning books yet. So those are the next two books coming up. So if you have not read them, then borrow them from your local library, buy them however you prefer to buy your books and give them a listen and join in. Our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcast. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter.